We're going to um, look together at John chapter 20 and verses 1 to 9. John chapter 20 and verses 1 to 9. Here's what it says about what happened on that Easter, first Easter Sunday. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen there, but he didn't go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded by itself, separate from the linen. And finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. This morning, as we reflect on the first Easter morning, um, let's see, as we look at this passage later on, how this can actually affect our lives today, this truth that Christ is risen from the dead. Why don't we pray this morning? God, we want to thank you. Thank you for your word which says that you've risen from the dead that you're alive, that you're not dead, that you're alive and you're wanting to have a relationship with us, that we would live our lives trusting in you, empowered by you. Lord, help us know how to do that today. Help us have hearts that are open to hear from you. And God, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for sending your son to die, to die on a cross, to take upon himself uh, the sin and the punishment that we deserved. And thank you that he didn't stay there in the grave, but he rose again. And that this morning we can have new life because of that. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope proves the resurrection. I love Easter Sunday morning. I think it's just absolutely fantastic to come together and proclaim that Jesus is risen. And I love it because the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead means that there is hope available to us. There's hope because he's risen from the dead. You know, this is exactly what Peter wrote. Honey, I've left my PowerPoint thing there. Um, What Peter wrote in 1 Peter. Why don't we turn there if you have it? 1 Peter chapter 1. If you don't have it, it's on the screen as well. And and this is what Peter wrote in 1 Peter about the hope and the resurrection. Look Look what he writes. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What Peter's saying there is that there's hope that comes from the resurrection. There's hope available to you and me because Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. You know, one of the things that I really um, think about a lot is why is there such a big discrepancy between the truth that we believe this morning on Easter Sunday, where we all affirm, yes, Jesus has risen from the dead, but why is there often such a great distance between the reality of the hope of Jesus' resurrection in our lives? Do you know what I mean? Like we affirm, Jesus is risen from the dead and he has, has risen again and there's hope for those who believe. And as people all across Australia today in churches proclaim Jesus is risen, there's hope because of the resurrection. But one of the questions that goes around in my mind is why does there seem to be such a difference from the hope that we profess to what we see in people's lives? And the question I ask even more is how can I have the hope of the resurrection in my life? You know what I mean? Not just a truth that I believe is true for everybody, but I want to know how the resurrection brings me hope every day, and I guess that's the same for you. How can the hope of the resurrection, how can, how can I have the hope that the resurrection brings? And this morning you might be here for the very first time. Perhaps you got one of our flyers telling you about the service today or perhaps a friend invited you along or maybe a friend dragged you along today. You know, the, the, the truth is that you might be here uh, at the very beginning and you might be saying to yourself, I probably wouldn't let anyone know this really, but I've lived 20, 30, 40 years, 60 years, however long you've lived, And if I was to be really honest this morning, I just feel like I've made a mess of my life. You might say that. You might say, I feel like God has given me a chance to live my life and the mistakes I've made through poor decisions have left me in a place today where I feel hopeless. And if there's hope in the resurrection, like if God can really give me a second chance or a third chance or a 37th chance, I would like to know about that this morning. It could be that that is how you feel after you're going through maybe your second marriage breakdown. Or maybe there's uh, some kind of addiction in your life that has just got a grip of you and you feel hopeless to its power. And if there's new life in the resurrection, if there's hope that comes from that, perhaps you're longing for that today. As Peter says, there's hope through the resurrection. But it could be today for you that you're a Christian and you say, Jonathan, this is not new. I've been, this is probably about my 10th Easter here in this church. Or it could be that you remember coming to Jesus many, many years ago. And you can say, on that day when I first believed that Christ had risen from the dead, I knew him to be at work in my life and his power at work in my life. And I knew that hope. But you know what? It seems so long ago. 
And if I was to be honest, you might say, if we were to peer into your heart, you might say, it seems like such a long time ago since I really sensed his presence and his power at work in my life. And it could be that this morning you say, if there really is hope in the resurrection, that I might know God's power, Christ's power at work in my life daily. I want to know about that hope. How can I get it? How can I have it? It could be this morning that you find yourself in a horrible situation. Perhaps for you, you are facing illness and suffering and sickness. It could be that you have a, uh, just received news, of, of, of bad news. It could be that you're right in the midst of treatment. And it could be that right for you, questions of life and death just keep running through your mind. And you might say this morning, Jonathan, or you might say to God, I'm afraid. I don't know what the future holds for me. But if there is hope because of the resurrection, if there is hope for what lies beyond the grave, that's what I want to know because I want to have the kind of hope that will see me right through death and into eternity. And you might say, how can I have that? God, would you show me how I can have that in my life? And finally, it might be for you this morning, you're saying, here I am in my life and I thought that life would have so much more meaning for me but I've pursued so many different kind of things in my life. I've, I've got a degree, I've tried to get a, a job, I've got a house, I've got kids but you know what, if you were to peer right into my heart you would find this emptiness and this meaninglessness and I don't feel like I've found something to fill the empty void in my life. You might say, if the resurrection brings hope and meaning to my life, please tell me how I can find it. Please show me how I can find it. Do you know, as I've been reflecting on the resurrection, in my pre- preparation this week, I, I think I've really found <laughs> what can bridge the gap between the hope that we have in the resurrection that we affirm in our heads. I think I've really found the key to how that hope can be worked out in our hearts this week. As I was reflecting, I, uh, you know, and it didn't come down to some miraculous, incredible little um, you know, secret. It came down just to one word. And this word is one when I say it, you're just going to say, oh, I knew that. Maybe some of you don't even know the word and never heard of it before. But when I say it, maybe you'll realise that is the key to unlocking how I can have the hope of the resurrection actually part of my life on a daily, ongoing basis. You want to know what the word is? Here's what I found this week as I was reflecting on it. This is the word that helps the hope to be unpacked in our lives. Believe. Believe. It's just a, a simple word. And you know what? The, the sense of the, the word, it comes from the Greek word, which means uh, pistuo, pistuo, to believe. And the meaning of that word means to persuade, to uh, place confidence in, to trust in, to entrust yourself to. Believe means to really put your trust and faith in something. You know, it's more than just... Um, Mental assent to a truth. You know how sometimes you know something is true and you just kind of believe? It's more than that. This is a belief. Believe is actually believing so much that you put your faith and trust 
into something. It's the difference between an idea and a belief. You know, an idea is something that we carry around. You know, like, I, I like the Hawks. I think they're a good football team, and I think they're going to be great. Uh, this is the year of the Hawk, you know? Amen. <laughs> yeah, the, but the truth is, that's an idea, belief, I have, a, I have, you know? But, you know, the difference between an idea is something that I pick up and carry around. And, you know, if Hawthorne start losing a few games, I might not believe that, uh, not have that idea much more. But a real belief is not an idea that I pick up and carry around. It's a conviction that picks me up and carries me around. It's something that deter- when I really believe something, it changes my behaviour and it helps me to live in a different way because I'm really believing it. The difference between an idea and a belief is different. You know, it's like the difference between this. I, I might say to you, Look at this uh, stool up here, everybody. This stool, I believe, will hold me if I stand on it. Yeah? Occupational health and safety people are going crazy here. But if I believe that and I think, yeah, that's, that's fine. If I think that, there's an idea I have, that's good. But until I actually get up on it and stand on it, see, now you know. I believed that truth so much that I was willing to put my trust in it and, and actually uh, act on, on that belief. And, you know, I think believe is the key to unlocking uh, how we can have the hope of the resurrection actually at work in our life. Do you know what? 46 times, in the, uh, two, sorry, 264 times, 200 and 64 times in the New Testament, the word believe is used. And do you know how many times it's used by John? It's used over 100 times out of those 264 words. So in John's Gospel, he uses the word over and over again. And you know why I think John loved to use the word believe in his Gospel? Because look what happened in our passage today. In verse 8 of chapter 20, we see finally the other disciple, who's John, who's writing writing the gospel, who'd reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. He saw and believed. I want you to notice something that's going on in the passage, which you would miss it if you weren't aware of it and looking for it. In verse 5, we, we, oh, here we see, so Peter and John, they started for the tomb when they heard the news. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter. John outran Peter, and he reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. So John arrived, he got to the tomb, and he looked in. Now, interesting thing happens in the Greek. The word for look in the Greek that is used in this text is the word blepo. Let's all say that together. Blepo. That's what it means. So it says, it's a simple seeing. It's just like if I look out over you and I just see you now. I don't think anything incredible about apart from the fact that you're fabulous looking this morning <laughs> and you're all wonderful. But if I just look across, it's just a simple looking. You know, it's, 
It's not anything else but just looking. And so here it says that John arrived and he saw the linen strips there and, and, and he saw them. He looked in. Bleppo. Just simply took them in. Uh, then what happens in verse 6, we see, then Simon Peter, who was behind, arrived and went into the tomb and he saw the strips of linen lying there. Now the Greek word that John uses now as he's writing his gospel is the word Theorio, from the word where we get the word theatre from. And this is a longer than just a simple look. This is a long, careful look. So uh, Peter sees and he has a long, careful look at the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded by itself separate from the linen and in those days when they buried people they put the linen cloths right around right up until here then there was a separation and they put around their head as well so there's nothing in this part and and what what we're seeing there is that's being described right there that that's what happened and then in verse 8 I want you to notice this finally the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside he saw now in the Greek language here is the word oreo. Want to say that together? Oreo. And the meaning of this word is to see with understanding. So what happens here is he looked and we can gather that when he looked at the cloth that was folded by itself, the headpiece that had folded down as the body of Christ had passed through it. It was separate from the rest of the body. It was folded down. And as John looked, and as he looked in a way that was seeing with understanding, you know what the result is? He believed. He believed. And what do you think he believed? That the tomb was empty because robbers had stolen it? What, what do you think he believed? He believed in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And it changed his life. It changed his behaviour. He believed it and he acted on it and it made all the difference for him. He received a hope that comes from the resurrection. Now, you might say to me, Jonathan, Jonathan, okay, all right, what you're saying is to... There's the tomb. We can't go and we can't walk in the tomb and we can't have a look for ourselves and see, you know, where all the clothes are and the grave clothes. So how can I believe? You know, how, how can I have proof that he rose from the dead? Well, I think you just start to look. And if I were you, I'd start to look at the changes in people's lives. See, Peter was there with John. And you know, Peter... He denied Christ three times just before the resurrection. When people were, were you know, in the courtyard and were mocking Jesus, people said, weren't you with him to Peter? And he said, no, I don't know anything. And three times he denied him and the cock crowed and Peter realised that he had denied Christ. And Peter, broken man, demoralised, this morning went in with John and it doesn't say it right here in the passage, but we can tell that he too believed that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. And you know what we see? 
In Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, Peter, the one who had denied Jesus three times, stands in front of thousands and he believes that Jesus has risen from the dead so much that he preaches with boldness. And do you know what happened that day? 3,000 believed because Peter believed and they were baptised that day. The belief that Jesus had risen from the dead was so strong and working so powerfully in Peter's life that others believed. 3,000 believed. And you know what they called that group of people that first believed? The believers. Isn't that interesting? They just described the early church as the believers, those who believed. Um, This morning, as you start to think, how can I believe? I can't touch the grave clothes. Look at Peter's life. Do you know how he died? Tradition has it that he was tipped upside down and hung on a cross upside down. That's how he died. Uh, He never again denied Jesus. He never again, he was willing to face his death, believing in Christ. His belief was not just an idea. It was a belief that picked him up and carried him around. When you come to think, can I believe in the resurrection in a way that I can receive this hope? Look at Peter, but don't just stop there. Look at the lives of people right down through the ages and people today that you know that trust in Jesus Christ. As you look at them, can you see the evidence of God at work in their lives? Can you see the changed lives that they live as a result? And are you now able to believe in something that you can't see but can see the proof that is at work? In people's lives. So you might say today, if you're here for the first time, well, would Jesus want me to believe in this so that I can get a new start? You know, if you're a newcomer and and you're just wondering whether there's any chance for new hope and new life for you, well, look look what Jesus said. This is what it says in Acts 13. Uh, It says here these words that that was written by Luke. Everyone who believes in him is freed from all guilt and declared right with God. So this morning if you're here and you're thinking you've wrecked your life up to this stage and you've made mistakes and you've been doing things that have caused you far from God, the hope of the resurrection is everyone who believes... In Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection can be freed from all guilt, declared right with God and given a new start. Is that good news, do you think? It's fantastic. But what about if you're a Christian and you've been here for years and years and for you it seems so long ago since actually you felt the presence of Jesus at work in your life. Well, look what it says in Hebrews 11.6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists 
and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What God is saying to us this morning, Christian, if you haven't accepted, haven't felt God's presence in your life, if you haven't experienced the hope of the resurrection for a long time, earnestly seek him. Believe, put your trust in him each day so that you might know and experience his presence in your life because he rewards those who earnestly seek him. You might say, well, for me, I'm, I'm, I just am facing overwhelming, uncertain future and sickness is really something that means that I don't know how long I'll be here. Maybe you're getting much older and you're feeling that your body is breaking down and you don't know how long you have to live and is there hope in the resurrection if I believe? And look what happens. John 11, 25 to 26, Jesus, just before he raised Lazarus, from the dead, says to Martha, he says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then he looked at Martha and he looked her right in the eye and he said, do you believe this? If you're afraid of death today, there is real tangible, concrete hope in the resurrection because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And if you're trusting in him this morning, you can face even death with hope if you believe, if you believe. You might say, my life is meaningless. I've tried, I've looked everywhere, I've tried to find answers in different places and for me, I I just feel like there's an empty void that can't be filled. And do you know what Jesus would say to you this morning? He'd say from John 6, 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. And he who believes in me will never be be thirsty. Jesus is saying, I am the only thing that can satisfy you in this life. Stop searching. Stop trying to find things in money or prestige or other pleasures. I am the only one who can really satisfy you. And look at the promise. And if you believe in me, you won't be thirsty again. Your soul will be satisfied so deeply. The question is this morning, for you is that same question that Jesus asked Martha is do you believe I'm not talking about just a mental assent that yes the resurrection generally brings hope for the world I'm talking about for you do you believe do you believe that Jesus' death and resurrection can bring hope to your life well if you do this morning I want to suggest something that you can do Uh, how how you can actually come to him this morning and believe. The Bible talks about coming to Jesus as a child. It's just coming to him as a child and, 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 and coming before him knowing that what he wants us to do is believe so that we can receive the hope from the resurrection. And you know what I think about children? One of the things you notice about children is that they're, they're, they're really inquisitive. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, really little kids, they will pick up things off the floor and eat them just to see what they taste like. 
And it doesn't matter what they are that's on the floor. They're inquisitive, aren't they? And some kids, have you ever heard, as they grow up from babies, they start asking one question over and over again. Do you know what it is? Why? Why? They want to know. They want to know. And I think as Jesus says, you know, come to me with a childlike kind of faith, I think he'd be saying to us this morning, you who are here for the first time, you who have just been a few times and are wondering, come and, and, and ask him. Ask him, God, are you the one that I can believe in for this hope? And you know, this morning we, we've prepared some uh, welcome packs for people that are here just for the first, second, third time. And, you know, in that pack, we just want to give you a CD of, uh, and in the, in the, on the CD is the Gospel of Luke. It's the whole gospel. So you can just listen to that on your iPod or in your car and you can be asking, as a child would ask, God, wh- why? What, what's, what's this? What, can I believe in you? Is this, is this what's, you know, what's happening? And this would be one way of coming to just investigate more whether Jesus is what he says he is, the way, the truth and the life. And you know, another thing you could do is, if you're in that investigating way this morning is you could just say, I am going to commit to the next four weeks coming along. I'll come tonight to hear more about the resurrection at 6.30. But I, and I'll also come you know, the next, next four weeks in the, in the morning to try and figure out about this truth is why does, do bad things happen to good people? Why don't you just try that? Another thing I think about children is... They're incredibly trusting, don't you think? I mean, they really do trust. They ask why a lot, but when you give them the answer, they just believe it, you know? They just accept, like, you know all the answers, you know? It's scary, really, isn't it? And uh, they, just, they just accept it. I want to say this morning as you come to say, how can I believe? What kind of way can I believe? Well, why don't you just come in a way that says, God, question's over. For you, you might have been through that investigating stage and you might be now ready just to say, I do believe. And why don't you just trust like a child and say, God, I just accept by faith. I believe and I accept what you're saying. I want to receive the hope of the resurrection. I believe and just trust. The final way that I think a child acts is that they're just uninhibited. You know, if they were grown-ups, we'd get embarrassed by their behaviour. You know, sometimes I come home and, and my daughters come running out from the front, hi dad, hi, you know, and they just so thrilled. Now if I did that, everyone would go, calm down, don't be silly. But kids are just full of uninhibited love. They lavish it on the objects of their uh, love. And I just wonder today, maybe you have been a Christian for a while and you know that the presence of God has been probably far for a while from your life. And this morning as you realise that perhaps it just comes down to one simple word, believe. That you would just open your arms to God and just love him and say, yes, I believe, and give your whole life to him unashamedly, uninhibitedly, just give it all over to him with open arms and just open abandon to him.
in a minute, we're going to pray. And I'm going to give you an opportunity just in that prayer to respond to him and to tell him that you do want to believe this morning. And if you'd like to do that, I'd just love you to pray, whether you've been a Christian for a long time and you need to believe afresh this morning, or whether this is your first, second or third time and you're investigating, but you're saying, God, I'm going to really take this believing thing seriously, or whether this morning in the midst of fear and meaninglessness, you think, God, this is my last chance. I'm going to believe you because there's nothing else to hold on to. But as we come to do that prayer, I just want to let you know one more thing. You are in a church right now that believes. Look around. We have just uh, given our lives, this church, to believe that the resurrection is true. I'm giving my life for it. The staff, the people that meet in small groups, the people that are living every single day are just living wholeheartedly for Jesus. You know what we say, our number one value around here is? Jesus Christ is the head of this church. We're surrendered to him. We believe that when we surrender to Jesus Christ, the fact that he's died on the cross and risen again, there's hope and this church is a place of hope. Why? Because we believe. And if you would just commit to to getting to know him more in this community, I think you'd find the hope of God in your life in a way that you just could never have imagined before. Hope that is just can only be found in Jesus Christ. Why don't we pray right now? Let's pray. And God, this morning, some of us here right now who just want to really come to you in faith and just say, we believe. We believe just a little. And maybe there are some of you that are just investigating now and you just want to say to God, I'm just beginning and I'm just starting to know a little bit about you, but if you will help me, God, to investigate more and to grow in my faith. I'm, I'm open and I'm willing. Help me believe. And if that's you, why don't you just say that? You may have never spoken to God before, but just quietly now, why don't you, why don't you just say that to him? And it could be this morning that you just long for his presence in your life. You're a Christian and you, you long to know him. And maybe this morning you, you want to say... God, rekindle that first love in my heart. May I now know the power and presence of your Holy Spirit. I believe I'm again putting my whole trust and faith in you. Lord, please, uh, I'm opening my arms in unabandoned, unashamed abandonment to you. Why don't you just tell him that you love him and in these moments just let him know you're believing in him today. And God, for those who are suffering and afraid of the future. Uh, It might be that right now you would hear these people's hearts cry as they look to you as the resurrection and the life. And and God, as they speak to you now, just saying that they want to believe, would you hear their prayer? And if that's you, why don't you just tell God that even though you don't know the future, you believe in him, that he's the resurrection and the life.
And for those that are finding just meaningless in life, may you come to the bread of life right now. Just tell him you want to believe, just in these moments. Just tell him now. And God, I pray this morning that all those that are trusting in you and believing in you would know the hope that comes through the power of the resurrection, that the tomb is empty, that you are alive, and that we can actually know this hope in our lives. Oh, God, may you respond to our faith this morning. And just flood our lives with your presence, with the knowledge of what you've done, with your promises. And may we live hope-filled lives because of what you've done. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to respond now. Uh, just within your Bible is a, is a blue card. And as you're grabbing that out, I just want to show you one more verse. If we could just keep that verse back on again, sorry. This verse says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And may you, as you believe, know that you are a child of God. Now, in your news sheets is a blue card. Just want you to grab that right out now. Yeah, is that right?